0: The following audio is from LifeHouse Church. We hope you are blessed by this message and encourage you to connect with us on social media or at LifeHouseChurch.org. So I don't, I don't normally start off with a direct question, but I'm going to today. Um, and it's a little, just a little, just a little in your business. So uh, if the kids are in the room, you might want to cover their ears, but get ready. Do you remember your first time? Meaning, do you remember the first time that you had coffee? What's funny about that? What, you, what did y'all think of the first time I was talking? Oh, okay, listen, I can tell you right now, when Patrick finally lets me preach about that, <laughs> ain't going to be no question about what I'm talking about. You're going to learn today, but no, we're, we're going to play it safe. I'm talking about coffee, and the reason why I'm asking that is because I, I remember my first encounter with coffee, and it was disgusting. Not only... Not only because when I tried it, I was a kid. That's why I said cover the kids' ears, because I don't want them to go through the horrible trauma that I went through as a kid. But I remember I tasted it as a kid, and the way that I tasted it was there was probably a mug sitting around on the coffee table around the house that was just there, right? And so as a kid, you go by and you go, oh, that's that chocolate drink, that the grown-ups are always drinking. And so I picked up that cup, bottoms up. Disgusting. Not only because I was a kid trying it, but you see, it was just sitting there. So you probably know, you can think about, if you're a coffee drinker, what it tasted like because it's been sitting there. It's a whole different world. So I just, I'll go ahead and just take a little poll. I want online to let me know. You guys, are you going to use two different emojis? I want to let me know. Raise your hand. I went in here. I want you guys to let me know. So which one are you? Hot coffee, raise your hand. Hot coffee, put, the, put the, uh, the mug emoji in there. Be careful. The mug emoji is right next to like the shot glass. Not that I know for any reason. I just saw it. I was doing my homework to make sure you didn't accidentally put that in there in the comments. But my, my hot coffee people, Chainsburg, raise your hand. All right, right here. Iced coffee, where you guys at? Okay, so surprise, surprise, I am I'm both. But right now, currently, I'm, I'm this. And I will be the, I start this only, only ice coffee or coffee. I, I start it right around the springtime. right, it's just starting to get warm. I start around spring and I stay on this until about the end of October. Then I switch over to this, you know, the end of October when pumpkin is supposed to be drank again. So anyway, whether or not, You choose this as your drink, hot coffee, or you choose iced coffee, or if you're a tea drinker, or if both of these are disgusting to you, just stay with me, okay? Whether or not you choose these two different kind, the one thing that you want is that it is its desired temperature. You get a hot coffee, that's how you want to drink it. That's why you got it hot. You want to take that lid off and see the steam rolling out, you get an... A frappe or an iced coffee. You want that thing to be frosty and cold when you take a drink of it? Because if it's not, it's going to be very displeasing. So if, if you are a church veteran, if you've known Jesus for a long time or even just been in church for a long time, you probably know where I'm going today. And if not, don't worry, I'm going to explain it. But we're going to look today in the book of Revelation. And for those of us who, the reason why I'm asking about if you've been in church a long time or known Jesus a long time, I think this message might come across a little different. Don't worry. Again, if, if not, if that's not you, I'm only about to pick on those like me who have known Jesus for a long time. I think this message is going to hit a little different to us. See, we, we learned about Jesus the same time we learned about Santa and Mickey and He-Man and Pikachu. Like, we, we came to know Jesus and place our faith in him as a kid. And so we have known what it's like to grow up with him and grow into Jesus our entire life. We know what it's like for God to be our everything and to be excited about him every moment. We know what it's like for Jesus to be our whole mood, and we also know what it's like for Jesus to just kind of be there. We have his life while we're living our life. And that's why I said, if you know that, you probably know where I'm going based on the analogy of coffee today. You probably know where I'm going. We're going into the book of Revelation. It's the book that we've been in. And Revelation, it's not really the best first impressions book. So I'll give a big shout out to all of our guests. I'll just warn you a little bit, guests, because I don't want it to be, because Revelation is, take all the apocalyptic Mad Max end-of-the-world movies and compile them on the one, and it still doesn't measure up to the plight that you see laid out in the book of Revelation. So it's kind of ironic to be like, hi, guests, welcome home. We're going to read from Revelation. <laughs> like, that's kind of the feel that it has. So I just want to preface, let me say, we're going to, we're going to stay in the earlier chapters, although I, I do want to make sure that we do lean in to the seriousness to the urgency of what's laid out in the last book of the Bible. It's telling us what's next. We're going to start in the earlier chapters, and the book of Revelation was written by John one of Jesus' disciples. And I think at this time, he was probably one of the last standing ones. He was the youngest in the squad, and now he's one of the last standing ones. And he's exiled onto an island called Patmos. This is where you were sent if you were an enemy of Rome. And so he was sent there because he was preaching the gospel. So he placed him there, no volleyball to talk to, not very many people. They dropped him on an island. And while he's there, while he's there, he encounters an angel. And the angel presents to him the vision that is revelation, he basically lets him see, kind of like Dr. Strange in the time stone, he sees Jesus, he sees God, he sees the end of the world. Yeah, the end of the world, that's not just a term that we use to describe our phone battery being dead. No, the, the end of the world is very real. And God lets John see this and he tells him to write it down. And he says, now I wanna go back to the beginning because what I wanna do is I wanna write some letters to my church, specifically some churches in Asia, and today we're going to read what he wrote to the church of Laodicea, and I'm making sure that I say it like that, that I'm saying it accenting the sound, Laodicea, because what you want to know about Laodicea is Laodicea was laid out, okay, I see you. Even for 2,000 years ago, this city had it going on. I mean, just look at some of the things that they were known for their education and power and powerful people. They were known for their textiles. They had fashion, red carpet. They had two marble stone theaters that could house 25,000 people. That's big for 2,000 years ago. This is where they would go to watch Bruno Jupiter because they didn't have Bruno Mars yet. But they were sold out shows to watch Bruno Jupiter. You would come in here and the place would be packed. That's pretty impressive for 2,000 years ago. There was power and prestige in this place. They had it going on. Okay, Laodicea, I see you. And of course, the church was here, as the church should be. The church should be in every city, in every state, in every country around the world. And of course, it was here just getting started. And so Jesus appears to John and says, I need to talk to them because I'm about to roll out what's next. And I want... My church to be ready. So here's what he writes to them. Again, just picture this city. This is the place that the pop stars go to film their videos. They got it going on. This is what Jesus says to the church that's there. Revelation 3, verse 15, 16. Laodicea, okay, I see you. I know your deeds. I know that you are neither cold or hot. And I wish that you were one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. I'll let that just hang there awkwardly for a moment. Jesus just told his church that you are churning my stomach to the point of vomit. We slid the plate cautiously over to Gordon Ramsay. He puts it in his mouth and he spits it out. Not exactly the compliment we were hoping to receive from our Lord. Jesus, is he's doing this. He's explaining their coffee situation to them. He's saying, you, you were su- I'm supposed to take this lid off and see steam rolling out. You're supposed to be piping hot. When you hand this to me, I want to be able to take a drink of it. No, man, this is warming my soul right now. But it's, it's barely warm. You, you said you were going to go get me an icy latte. But I'd rather drink under-sugared Kool-Aid. And that's a big no-no in my house. We fill it up with diabetic measures that put you in a coma. I would rather drink that than to drink this thing you just gave me. This is disgusting. And the reason, and I'm using the coffee analogy, is because what Jesus was using with them was their water scenario. So again, part of this city's prestige was they had some technology going on. They were able to channel water down into their city, and I, even if I didn't believe it from the Bible, I'm telling you, I believe it because I saw on YouTube, I saw a YouTube video of this guy in the jungle, he built a spa in the ground and then he channeled water from a stream over it. So I know it's true. So what they were able to do in Laodicea was, they were able to channel from hot springs water that would come down into their city. But the problem is the time in the distance would cool it off to a level of temperature that was gross. It was not refreshingly cold to cool me off. And it is nowhere near hot enough to use for cooking or any other purposes. And he's saying that I wish, I wish you were one of these temperatures. But you're not what you're supposed to be. Jesus is the great physician, y'all. He's a doctor. He's the greatest doctor. Right here, he is checking the vital signs of his church. And you know, when you go to the doctor, one of the first vital signs that they check is your temperature. Our temperature is set right where God said it to be so that we can live. If it drops even a couple degrees where it should not go, we're heading towards hypothermia. and We're heading towards death. And Jesus is looking at the temperature of his church and he's telling them, y'all, there's a problem here. Your temperature has changed. He was telling that to the church then. He's telling it to his church now. He's looking at him saying, I I know. I know the the great city that you're in and you have influence from them. I, I see the cool things you do as a church. I know Laodicea, y'all just got a nice new logo and you're selling hats and t-shirts in the lobby. That's cute. Y'all do all kinds of cool things with the lights and your pastor does his hair, whatever. Oh, that's so cute. I see that. I also see your deeds. I see the way you treat each other. I see greed where there should be giving. I see selfishness where there should be sacrifice. And it's all because there's been a temperature change in your heart. You see, when it comes to, if you're in my church, when it comes to standing up for what you know is right, you should be stone cold, frosty on ice cold truth, immovable. And then when it comes to loving people and caring not only about their state here on the earth, that's great, caring about their soul and their eternal destination, your heart should be turned... Temperature turned up, matching the passion of a savior. And here you are in some middle. No temperature either way. Well, come on, Jesus. I mean, it's not like we're we're sinning. We're not even doing anything wrong, right? You think you're not doing anything wrong because you're not doing anything. You're lukewarm because you think it's enough to passively not do wrong when I need you hot, proactively seeking what is right. You're not either. And I'm sorry, it's churning my stomach. All right. This one's tough. This... This one needs a, I need This one needs a drink. If our temperature, if our spiritual temperature is so vital, personally and as a church, man, how do we maintain where it belongs? First of all, what makes our temperature leaf? What, what turns a steaming macchiato into stale mud? Well, time. Time is the first thing. This is, again, this is why I leaned into maybe you have walked with Jesus a long time. And what any of us know over time is that what time does to any relationship is it has a way of cooling the temperature. We get used to people that we love and we care about. We get used to our spouse. We get used to having kids. We take special relationships for granted. We get used to having God in our life. And the longer that we have that relationship, time has a natural way of just turning down the temperature. We lose the appreciation for why we have the relationship. What takes a, what turns a frosty, caramel latte into a condensation latte with that disgusting water layer and this, it, this, is, this is legit like I waited to bring this up here it's got that disgusting water layer on the top where there used to be ice and now it's temperature is gross it's taste is gross what does that time does that conformity does that. It's not like this thing is generating a new temperature on its own. No, it's obeying the influence of the temperature in this room. If you were here last week, you saw I I had a little testimony in that video that we rolled out with our new vision. I, I am the first person that will stand up and tell anyone and fight for this, that the church belongs where the where the culture can meet it, it was one of the reasons why I chose Lifehouse because they were in a movie theater and not a building like this. But we're in a building like this, but that's okay. But I, I, I will be the first person to defend that the culture needs direct access to where the church is. We belong in our culture, but it is not to become indifferent. It is to be different. And over time, our spiritual temperature will drop if we allow the settings and the beliefs and the changes that are in the room to tell us what our spiritual levels should be. We should be able to be in the room and maintain spiritual convictions In truth, no matter what the temperature in the room is, there should be a a difference in the way that we approach politics as the church. There should be a difference in what we appreciate or don't appreciate about entertainment, money, you name it, everything. Conformity will turn our make a difference into just be indifferent. Just be here. Time, conformity, complacency will steal our spiritual temperature. Complacency, I can sum that up in two words. I'm good. I'm good enough. I'm comfortable right where I'm at. The status quo is fine. That's the temperature robber that Jesus was addressing in Laodicea. Look what he says. In 17, he continues, this is what they were saying to him. This is the kind of church we are. This is the kind of believer we are. He's saying, I'm good. I'm, I'm rich, as a matter of fact. I've acquired wealth. Do you see the city that we live in? I don't need a thing. I don't need a, I don't. nothing needs to move. Nothing needs to change. Things are fine the way they are but you don't realize that you're actually quite ratchet, pitiful, poor. You're blind, you're naked. And I'm telling you, please, I counsel you, get your gold from me. Because my gold is not of this world and it's not temporary, it is eternal. It's refined in fire so that you can truly be rich I'll give you a fresh pair of white on whites, white clothes to wear, so that you can cover your shameful nakedness. I'll give you salve, y'all need some visine. You can't even see that you are sinning, thinking that you're not. And we get to the place where we can't see that we are because our own sinful nature blinds us from seeing the truth about our spiritual temperature. To see Jesus look at you and say, what, what is that? That's, that's harsh. That's heartbreaking. It's defeating even except, except for this. This is why this is so much weight. This is why this is such a heavy message to say, to own and to hear. in verse 19, this is why it's heavy. Jesus says to this church, like he says to us, like he says to the church now, those whom I love. Just pause right there for a moment. He's saying, come on, church. Those whom I love. I had a basketball coach, and he would always remind us, guys, the day that I stop getting on you is the day you need to be concerned. Those who I love, I rebuke and I discipline. So be earnest, be urgent, and repent. This is a heavy rebuke. It's a heavy pause, halt right to the face because this is the love of God. I love my church. It will not fail. I died for it. It will prevail. And so I will tell you when something's going wrong. And I'm telling you right now with my thermometer, I'm telling you right now, there's been a temperature change in your spirit in why you exist But if we yield to this rebuke as a church, as individuals of the church, there's more than hope. And the first thing we need to do to get this temperature back is we need to yield our sinful nature. The whole reason that temperature, or the whole reason that time, room temperature, Complacency and conformity are allowed to rob our spiritual temperature is because sin, our own human nature is working hand to hand with it. Our own sinful nature is telling us, no, no, you are good. I know you bought this coffee, but just let it sit and get room temperature. You don't even need to finish it. Our own nature is telling us to do that. If you've ever made a pot of coffee, you know that one of the most frustrating things is to go over to that steaming pot, It's done. It's full, smiling at you like, good morning. Like, you go over and grab it. You go get your mug, and you pour it. And as you pour it, you look at it, and you see nothing but coffee grounds pouring into that cup. Now, I don't know about y'all. Maybe I'm just bougie. But what that means to me is start over. I'm dumping the whole thing out because I'm going to finish that pot of coffee. And I don't want to eat the coffee. I just want to drink it. So if it gets in there, I'm throwing it out. Something's happened into the filter. It collapsed and all the grounds got into the coffee pot. It's got to go. I'm sorry. Guys, that is the easy way that I can describe revelation. God said this planet is now contaminated and I'm sorry, it's got to go. That is revelation. It is God's plan to get rid of this planet. This planet, this rock we're living on, it is, I know, now I'm sounding like the guy on the street, the end is near, I'm sorry, this is a revelation. God is getting rid of this planet we live on right now to start this whole thing all over again. And the bad news for us is that, um, hello, we're on this planet. I know, he felt the same pain and that's why he sent Jesus. Jesus bailed us out of the impending doom that was coming either at our death or in the unfolding of revelation. And he said, I don't want to lose not one of you. Even though in my hands, you guys are like tiny little coffee grounds. You mean the world to me. And I will lay my son's life on the line to get you back. The same way that this coffee pot's got to be thrown out. Jesus was thrown into the hands of men who would beat him. Crucify him, bury him in a tomb until God said, Let's go, time's up, brings him back to life so that you, me, every person on this planet could have a new life in Jesus. That our spiritual temperature can now be awakened to what it should be. And when we yield, our sinful nature. Now we can raise our spiritual temperature. This is normally about the time in the sermon where I make some distinction between like maybe someone who's needs to make a decision for Jesus today. And then those of us that have known Jesus for a long time, there's no distinction today because whether or not you have heard this for the very first time about what Jesus did for you, or you've heard this for the 100,000 time, may we never, ever lose appreciation for the magnitude of what God did for us. And when we think about it, it should place our hand on that burner and turn that temperature to red hot what it should be, that every prayer we pray is with purpose, that every worship is with power, that his word is tattooed on our heart long before it's written in ink on our arms. Our spiritual temperature should be off the roof when we think about (laughs) that God said the world's gotta go, but not my babies. We yield our sinful nature, we can raise our spiritual temperature. And one of the things we have to do to raise our spiritual temperature is focus our eternal aperture. Aperture is a photography term. Seeing a camera, you can change the aperture. You can widen it or you can narrow it. When it's wider, it lets in more light. But what it gives you is a shallow depth of field, meaning you can only see what's closest. It makes beautiful pictures. This is what Jesus saw in the church of Laodicea. All they cared about anymore was what was right here in front of them, who their team drafted, what their 401k looks like, where they're going next week. How can I get gratification and satisfaction right now on this planet? That's all I can see in front of me. And God is saying, you need to narrow your eternal aperture because when you narrow the aperture down, Now you can see clearly, not only what's in front, but what's in the distance. Jesus is telling them, he's telling us eternity. What's next should be the clearest thing in our vision. Yes, this is important, what's here in front of us, the relationships we have, the church we get to live in right now, all of that. But it is not the most important thing. It's what's in the distance. It's what's coming. And who knows how deep that depth is. If God feels Thanos like it's time to happen right now, then revelation begins to unfold right now. The church thought that when he said it 2,000 years ago, we could be thinking it right now or it can happen another 2,000 years from now. But the point is, we wanna be on the right side of God's judgment when he snaps his fingers. And Jesus is the only way. Parents, you know that the best way to put your kids asleep is a ride in a car. Long hot day in the sun and in the water, and you're heading to the minivan, you put them in that car seat, and they're asking for everything. Things that don't even exist. And you put them down in that car seat, and that little DVD screen drops down, and they're like, oh, it's my... Gone. The hum of that engine comes on, and just, you start falling asleep, stay awake. That car ride puts you to sleep, knock you right out. You're comfortable right there, cozy. Nothing needs to change until you pull up to the house. And I know every time this happened with our kids, I'd be scared to turn the engine off because as soon as you turn the engine off, now every sound is magnified. If you breathe, oh, four cookies, like as soon as you awake, you trying to take them in and put them to sleep, they wake up and, and I may or may not have ever been tempted with one of mine to, can't we just leave him in the car? I mean, the car's right out here. I mean, no one's gonna know we love our kids. All right, and I never have done that intentionally. Being the loving, responsible parent that you are, pick them babies up and you take them in the house. See, this is where their bed is. You You didn't drive them home to stay in the car, you got them home safe and sound to place them in their home. Being the loving father that God is. made a way for us to be placed in our home. Guys, do not fall asleep in this ride. It is going to end. Some of us, it will end on the time clock of life. And again, who knows God's plan? Maybe we could witness the unfolding of revelation. We don't know. And because we don't know, we do need to know that we will be safe and sound, home in eternity with God. And then knowing that we have that, we now need to turn the temperature up. We need to be the kind of church who is frosty cold on the solid stone cold truth of God. And at the same time, have a burning heart for the urgency that there's a world who still don't know whether they have a safe home in eternity, that should wreck us. How dare we fall asleep? This ride is not our home. And I know again that this message feels so weighty, but guys. We have a guaranteed ticket to eternity with God, safe and sound. Thank you, undeservingly, Jesus. We're gonna take a moment, because I know this is a breather in here tonight. I'm taking a moment and I want you to have a quiet moment to yourself. I want you to have a quiet moment with God. We're gonna just take a quiet moment and pray. I want you to know Our prayer team is gonna be available right over here. The prayer team is available online. You guys can reach out to them. Our prayer team is available in the back at Chambersburg. If you need to maybe pray with someone, you can, but as we take this time, I do wanna say, if today you have made the decision to arrive safe and sound in God's arms, in your eternal home, you've made that decision to trust Jesus, there's gonna be a text code come on the screen. Will you just let us know that during this quiet time? that you made a decision to believe and trust Jesus for all of us. God has checked our temperature. The Holy Spirit, the great physician is checking our temperature, our spiritual temperature, and he is looking for the urgency of the gospel in our hearts, not the complacency of comfort in this car ride that's gonna end. So just take a moment And see if God has something specific for you. Some some specific repentance of a sin or a commitment of a temperature raise. Close your eyes, zone out, have a quiet moment with God and our worship team is gonna take us in a time of response. Take that moment now. Thank you for listening to audio from Lifehouse Church. We believe that through Christ, life change happens here. So we invite you to connect with us further by visiting lifehousechurch.org.